0: listening to Robert Wright's Non-Zero Podcast. Hi, Nikita. Hey, Bob. How are you doing? I am, you know, life just keeps happening. I'm starting to take uh, some comfort in the idea that it's not going to at some point.
1: (laughs) I'm good. I'm good. Okay. Uh, I'm glad you're good. So well, let me introduce this. Um, I'm Robert Wright, publisher of the Non-Zero Newsletter. This is a non-Zero podcast. You're in Petrov. Publisher of the Psychopolitica newsletter, which uh, coincidentally is a word that appears uh, immediately in your background. I wonder how that happened. You've got the whole URL there, psychopolitica.substack.com. You might, see, I'm yeah, worried. since what, this going to be a split
0: screen, people might not see it.
1: I had worried that the many years of uh, communism in your homeland had, had maybe snuffed out all self-promotional instincts. But no, no, you're, you're, uh, you seem equipped to thrive in a capitalist uh, economy. Um, anyway, you, are, uh, you, you used to work with me at Non-Zero. Uh, you currently work uh, with uh, Glenn Lowry at The Glenn Show. And you do all your own stuff on Psychopolitica. You're still in Armenia, I gather, and then growing up in Russia. Um, and right. we are we're we're going to talk about uh, Substack Notes, this new feature that some people say is a rival to Twitter. Some people say it's not. In any event, uh, I think it has tremendous promise uh, and so much promise that I wanted to devote the whole conversation to it. I know you have written on uh, Substack Notes about some. Uh, changes that you think would be valuable to the way it works and its interface. I have some ideas of my own. And and I guess one reason I think this is worth a whole conversation is that it's not that often that you have the possibility of like a whole new significant social media platform emerging. I mean, Elon Musk has provided opportunities for this a few times. Not intentionally, I think, but he's gotten people to get, you know, enthusiastic for a while about Macedon. That has its complications, although it has a kind of potential of its own. Um, Substack has particular resources it can bring to this. And I thought this from the very beginning. And and I'm seeing in notes uh, that it's the case, which is just that Substack has a lot of people who have newsletters with non-trivial followings. Uh, some of them, I think that includes us. Some people have huge followings. You know, the Matt Iglesias and Andrew Sullivan's of the world. And, uh, you know, these people are showing up on notes. It's it's not It's not that easy to build a new social media platform. And all of a sudden, these, a bunch of people you've heard of and who have a lot of influence on social media and in culture broadly show up. And, uh, and I think uh, that's one reason this has a huge amount of potential. Now, I have my own ideas about how it could fail to realize its potential and, 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 uh, and what it could do to more fully realize it. And there's kinds of two dimensions of that. One is just how do you make sure it's, it's this big, robust thing that a lot of people are engaging in and a lot of important uh, contributors of the conversation are engaging in. And then the other dimension is, you know, can we make it uh, a a more civil and constructive place than a lot of other social media? Okay, so that's that's my set of considerations. Um, And I'll just say right now, uh, along the first dimension, it seems to be possible to uh, follow people. That's something I'm going to get back to. But I, I think the one of the main things they need to do is make it easier to just follow people on notes without necessarily subscribing to the newsletter. I'll explain later why I think that is a huge, huge issue. Apparently, it is kind of doable now, we think. It's very obscure function, and I'm not even sure it's it's working for me. But anyway, I think, I should say, I think they've done a great job of getting this thing off the ground. It's yeah. huge potential. Now, you wrote uh, uh, a thing on notes that got a certain amount of attention uh beautifully illustrated, like so much of your stuff. did you do the art, or was that your collaborator
0: This is Georgos Charzakis, a Greek artist that has worked for, okay. with me for psychopolitica
1: okay and uh and and you what what would you say was your overarching uh goal in in that contribution?
0: Well, I started writing this before I even know before I knew that notes was in the works uh, I started writing they unveiled the web interface for chat and I thought chat had a lot of promise, but not it wasn't realizing it and I started writing on chat uh, you know my feedback on that and then like two days later, they unveiled notes, which uh is very similar. My feeling about chat was that it's getting Substack very close to what Telegram is. And Telegram is huge in Russia, uh, both in terms.
1: Should we stop and explain what chat is? I have not made use of it, but it's a little different from, I mean, one thing any of us on Substack can do is send out an issued newsletter that has a comment thread at the bottom. We can we can pay we can we can choose to confine that to paid subscribers, open it all subscribers, whatever. That's a place you can have a conversation. Explain how the chat function, which I haven't made use of, is different from that.
0: So it's in a different place. It's either on the app or you know on the web uh, in a different tab. Uh, the idea is that you don't write long. Articles there. You just start a conversation, a little thread, uh, and then comments appear under that thread that you started. So each message that you post as an author, uh, the start, the ones that start the conversation, they are the, themselves a little post, and then there are comments underneath that. Uh, I think the idea is this is for a more rapid kind of conversation, uh, shorter messages an ongoing kind of thing. Um, I think the interface has its flaws that made it, uh, you know, not, I think, I think there needs to be work done for it to become a a properly successful thing. And then with the unveiling of the notes, there is not a lot of difference between them. I think you need to delineate more and uh, make it clear like why like when you go to the one place, when you go to the other place right now, my understanding is Substack Stance is chat is for a more private conversation. This is just for your subscribers. Notes is a more shared space, um, which I think doesn't make a lot of sense because if that's the difference, then uh, you should be able to just write a note that is subscriber only or you write a note that is for everybody. If that's the only difference, that's how you make that difference uh, Uh, you know, easy to uh, exploit. But I think with a few tweaks, chat can become a very uh, important part of what Substack offers.
1: Okay. Maybe we should uh, talk a little about the structure of Substack notes uh, for people who have spent either little or no time there. Um, And... And I'll, I'll explain why I, ha- I think dads have this this great potential, even to, to really uh, eat into Twitter's mindshare, which isn't to say, you know, it's going to be a Twitter killer or that's their aspiration, because I don't think that is their aspiration. Uh, you know, uh, Substack uh, publishers get a lot of, you know, some of them get a lot of traffic from Twitter. It, 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 there's a certain kind of symbiosis now between Substack and Twitter, and I don't think there, there's any uh, great, Aspiration to kill that off um, But uh, The I, I, And I think one thing we should say Is that although you said Chat is in many ways Like notes I think what you mean is Opening up a chat Is a lot like You know Posting a note and opening that up for conversation But still there is a very big difference Between being in someone's chat and being on Substack Notes, right? Because that that that's much more like being on Twitter, where you can uh, you can uh, tap into a lot of different conversations if you're there. You can tap into a lot of different notes, which roughly correspond to tweets. Uh, and so, you know, be, being on Substack Notes is is much more like being on Twitter than like being in someone's chat. And and uh, and, and that's I think it's great. Uh, Virtue, you know, from Substack's point of view I think one thing it does is expose you To a bunch of Substack publishers And, okay, so here's one difference That I think is smart uh, difference between Notes and Twitter Is that, you know, on Twitter This weird hierarchy kind of evolved Where a blue check was a godlike status And then there was everyone else the blue check in started out mm. as just a way to verify that people uh, who might be subject to, you know, imitation are the real them, right? But then it became the status thing. And it was kind of arbitrary, like who gets it, who doesn't. Uh, Substack it has one of the columns, one of the three columns you can choose when you go there. You know, Twitter has its uh, for you and following uh, verticals. Substack has three. Um, one is uh, home. I forget what the second one actually says, but the one I want to talk about is, and the third one is uh, bestseller. That's the that's the status hierarchy, kind of right. I mean, because there there those are people with one of three kinds of checks in there. They, they they're um they're uh, a white check means you have at least hundred paid subscribers to your newsletter. An orange check, which is what I have, means you have at least 1,000 paid subscribers. And paid is all that matters in this, that, uh, you know, assignment of, of badges. And then there's the purple check, which almost nobody has. but It means you have more than 10,000 paid subscribers, paid. Um, and, uh, you know, I think um, it totally makes sense that they have this thing there. Uh, because for one thing that encourages. So to, let, oh, let me interrupt. Yeah. Do I have that wrong? Do you think, or
0: let me interrupt you. I, I think you might. I think uh, the third tab, the bestsellers, is, is something that only people who were invited to Notes before it was made public have. Oh my God! It's a bit of an Easter egg. So when when this was in pilot, there was a tab that just had everybody who is on Notes, which obviously can't scale once you have a lot of people, it becomes way too crowded. So I think they changed it to bestsellers and only capped it for users who had been in the pilot.
1: So That's my understanding. I don't have that tab.
0: I used to have it like one morning and then it disappeared.
1: Oh, man. So what three tabs do you have?
0: I only have two. The home Home and and subscribe.
1: subscribe. -hmm. Let me just say, I think if they're getting rid of this tab, it's a mistake because this is an incentive uh, for the people who have followings on Substack to uh, show up. You know, like if you're Matt Iglesias and you know that there's this one column everyone's going to go to, and you're going to be one of the few people with a purple bag, kind of, yeah. That's an incentive to post on, on Substack notes. And even you know, and my having an orange badge, if it's if it makes me more visible, is an incentive for me to post. Now, obviously, you want a lot of people to post, but right now, what I think one of their competitive advantages is that they can people get people like uh, Andrew Sullivan and and Matt Iglesias and Casey Newton uh, with big followings online to show up and. You know, I suppose what they can say is, well, we're going to give them this big algorithmic advantage, but uh, this leads to another sermon of mine. It's like people, I don't think people like opaque algorithms. We want to be able to control. This takes me to the follower question. I want to be able to say I'm following these people. I may, I, I'm not going to subscribe to all their newsletters. You can only subscribe to so many newsletters, even if you don't pay for them. I don't want, you know, and, and I want to know. That uh, I go here and I see these people. I want to emphasize that's not the same as saying that you should emulate the rest of the Twitter follower ecosystem. I don't think it's a good idea to advertise how many followers someone has. It may not even be a good idea for them to know how many followers they have or who their followers are. I think the whole thing should be rethought because I think a lot of that has led to bad behavior. The obsession with building up your following has led to a lot of tribal tweeting and preaching to the choir tweeting and isn't the other tribe a bunch of shitheads and all of that stuff. So when I say uh, that, they, that they, they, they definitely should make a, well, if there is a way to follow people now, they should make it a lot more apparent. Uh, I'm not saying they should turn uh, the follower count into this sacred object the way it is on Twitter. I think they should rethink all that stuff but you should be able to control your feed. And right now that's either impossible or hard. And, and I personally, if I were them, I would say we don't do algorithms. That's a difference between us and everybody. If you completely control your experience, that's what people want. They're sick of algorithms. And, and that's why they need I something agree. like best-seller Tab, that, because, that, because they need to give the, uh, you know, the, 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 the people with huge followings of the world, and the people with media and some poll, you know, they they need to give their publishers, they they should privilege their their the stack publishers. The, the, I think the bestseller tab should still be there, whatever you want to call it, and, and maybe it should take into account not just paid uh, subscriptions but unpaid, but whatever. But they need to incentivize uh, those people to stay there. A- and, and and even engage in conversation and not just use it as a publicity outlet for their latest post, which is good, but it's not, you'd rather have them engage there spending some time there instead of Twitter. So I think
0: first off, I think a lot of this is ironing out the Kings. Sure. Uh, they're iterating quickly. They're changing it and they're trying to figure out what works and what doesn't. Um, I have been in conversation with the Substack team about some of this uh, and this piece that I wrote that you alluded to, I called it Towards a Substack Civil Society, has some suggestions on that. And I got some positive feedback on the suggestions that I had. Uh, And relating to the question that you're bringing up, I had two. One, I think the minimal thing that has to happen is it needs to be very clearly and exhaustively explained how the home tab works, like what goes into that tab. uh, Just like bullet point. It's people who you subscribe to, it's people who are recommended by people you subscribe to, it's notes that had received replies from people you subscribe to. Whatever the structure is, that needs to be uh, written out and explained. I think they're going to do that. Uh, At least some of the people on the team said that they would. And I think the reason they're they haven't done that is because it's not yet set in stone. They are tweaking it and figuring out how it should work. Uh, That's one thing. The other thing is a suggestion I made that also received positive feedback, which is what I would like to see is an ability to create my own filters. So let's say there's a home tab, which which works a way that you know, the Substack team just designed it to work. There's a the subscribed feed, which is just the people that I chose to subscribe to. And then I want another button that allows me to create another tab that will work the way I want it to work. It may be people who are recommended by people I subscribe to. Eight it may be are. people who read my newsletter. It may be mm-hmm. um, a specific list of newsletters, like lists on Twitter work. It may be... Uh, newsletters or rather notes from people who write newsletters that fall into a certain category because on Substack you can tag yourself with three tags politics, culture, art, whatever maybe I want one tab to just be about art and another to be just about politics I want a lot of control uh, and a lot of transparency and I think that's in line with Substack overall pathos Uh, you know, uh, their ideology, their stated kind of values. Um, And I think your point about algorithms is right. That also, you know, feeds into the overall case that Substack has been making for itself. There's um, Chris Best, the CEO, wrote a little Twitter thread where he said that uh, all social media is going to evolve into a kind of a Substack or into a kind of a TikTok. The difference being one is powered by subscriptions and uh, I'm meaning paid subscriptions and humans like you control what's in your feed. And the other is going to be algorithms and ads. So TikTok is incredibly powerful in feeding you what you want to see. You don't know how. It just tracks what you like, what you watch longer for and so forth, and it just gives you this tailored feed of what you would be into according to the algorithm. It's powerful, but you don't know how it works. You don't have a lot of control over it. Um, and, And the money comes from ads. And Substack can be an alternative to that, where the money comes from your audience, people who decided to pay you money, and the curation of what you're seeing is what you chose it's under your control you know how it works and you can change it if you started to dislike what you're seeing
1: yeah no i think that i think uh control should be a big selling point now elon musk recently came out and said here's our algorithm it's transparent well apparently that's bullshit there was a bunch of stuff that you actually (laughs) couldn't figure out no i listened to this podcast on the uh Moderated content podcast, and they had they brought in an expert who used to work in, on Twitter, I think, and he said, "No, this is very heavily redacted. He's still not telling you how the thing actually works." Um, the uh, so in your scenario, this this sounds like a great idea. Like you you would have, uh, and in theory, you can create multiple feeds, right? You could have as many tabs as you want. For each tab, you like yep. open a tab, and there's a menu of things you check presumably, right? It has to be a finite yep. number of options for this to be uh, practical. You can't get in there and write the code yourself. Um, and right. uh, so one of them, So, and by the way, this could overlap with what I'm saying about how obviously Substack wants to privilege Substack publishers. Th- that should be part of the game. They want to encourage you to be a Substack publisher and they want to encourage existing publishers with clout to come to notes. So this could be one way, you know, like one of the check marks could be people with uh, total subscriptions over 20,000 or people with paid subscriptions over 1,000 or whatever. You could have things like that. You could have a lot of things. It sure. has to be a reasonably compact menu of options. I think that's a great idea. Uh, uh, so I So I think we agree, you know, people want to control their social media experience. They're, they're sick of yep. opaque algorithms uh, and they just are mm-hmm. never going to trust them, whoever's doing them. And they're always gonna, it's just a sense that you're not in control. It's the worst thing in the world. And, and, uh, and, and so I think, uh, they should focus on that. Now, now on the, uh, certainly one of the, the minimal, you know, version of this is, you know, uh, uh, the ability to have a tab that's just like individual people I have selected that I am following on notes, regardless. I may or may not be subscribing to their newsletter, uh, but these are people I want to follow on notes, period. We think apparently maybe that functionality exists. Like you click on someone's name, then go to the, and then, and then after clicking on their name, go to the three dots and click on three dots. We think if you click something, then they will start showing up in some feed. But even that vertical, even that feed won't be just people you're following, right? That that's then they will be in your home feed or something. We think in I'm not way, totally sure
0: on this, but it, it but I think so. Like, I think they show up in your home feed instead of subscribed feed.
1: Yeah. So it needs but to be I'm be not much totally sure this. Yeah. Um, yeah. So now, before you know, at some point in this conversation, I want to talk about the challenge of building kind of a culture like an ethos like Mm -hmm. uh like what's considered good behavior and Mm -hmm. maybe that's a hopeless task uh but i think if you're ever going to do it you do it early in the evolution of a given social media platform and so i want to get to that but why don't before before i do um uh, and, and that's not unrelated to this. I mean, a lot of these things can encourage or discourage good behavior. Like I said, I really think maybe uh, you shouldn't know who, who is following you or how many followers you have. Uh, that, that Think about it. might be a good idea uh, because, for one thing, it makes it easier for people to control their experience. You know, one reason, like on Twitter, uh, you don't want to unfollow somebody you know. It's a little awkward. So they have got the mute thing. You can follow mm. them and mute them. That's one approach. But anyway, there's a lot of considerations. Anyway, I'll I'll get back to the culture issue and and even the interaction of kind of structure, uh, you know, interface structure and and culture. But why don't you talk some more about things you were advocating in your piece? Um, Because uh, for one thing, you have a lot of experience being Russian. You naturally have a lot of experience with Telegram. Apparently that's like, you know, obligatory if you're Russian. And I don't. Uh, I mean, you're the only person I've ever communicated with on Telegram, actually. Uh, right. So, uh, if you want to talk about a, a different part of your manifesto, go ahead. But at some point, you should get to the Telegram part, I think.
0: Uh, sure. Telegram is part of my manifesto. So, uh, I should give a little background. So, Telegram is extremely popular in Russia, it's a messenger first. Uh, so, this is like. You know, if I meet somebody here in Yerevan and want to exchange numbers, we don't exchange phone numbers. We exchange Telegram handles or sure. phone number that's connected to Telegram. This is Telegram did something similar to Substack to what Substack did in the English speaking world, I think, uh, which is like reviving the blogosphere. Blogs were kind of going away, and Substack some years earlier, Telegram some some years earlier than Substack revived blogs in Russia in a sense. By bringing them into your messenger, so on Telegram, you have these things called channels, which are very similar to notes. And um, you know, Substack brought blogs into your email inbox. You already everybody has an email, and now you have a way to subscribe to people and uh, get their writing in your email. Telegram did that with the messenger. You already have Telegram because uh, this is the the popular messenger, and you can subscribe to these channels and get people's writing right there in the app that you're already using. Uh, it's a different, you know, different feel from what blogs used to be and what newsletters are now because it is in a messenger. There's a different uh, cadence to it. Uh, it's usually shorter writing, uh, more uh, frequent. Um, and, and it became this huge cultural thing. Everybody and their sister have uh, a channel. It's very easy to start one. The interface is very simple. It's like you're writing a message to your friend, but instead you're writing to some audience that you might have amassed. Um, And another, I think, similarity between Substack and Telegram is uh, this avoidance of the algorithm. So on, on Telegram, there is no like... I've seen some websites that have a directory of different channels, but they never took off. That didn't became a thing. Um, Instead, the way it works is you subscribe to a few that you found, and then it's very easy to forward a message, either from a chat that you're in or a private chat uh, or a channel. It's the same interface. So you're just in this chat-like feed, any message you want to forward, you click on it and you forward in either to a chat or, you know, a group chat or to uh, DMs with somebody uh, that you're having. Any,
1: mess- any message that- of your own, you mean? Any message you've written or even a message that you've received? Anything.
0: Uh, somebody sent you something or you read something in this channel and you forward it. And that became, this is like a supercharged word of mouth thing. Right, so it's it's the same as saying telling to somebody in a private conversation. I read this thing, but here it's very easy technologically, Uh, and that's how these things grow. So, people that I know, I don't know, you know, I don't have data on whether this is the prevalent kind of uh, way of doing things, but I myself and people I know don't subscribe to a ton of channels, but it so happens that. Uh, you know, if I forward some, you know, piece of news or meme or something to a friend, it's likely that they've already seen it where if I didn't forward it, you know, in the morning to them, they might have forwarded later in the day. Even though we subscribe to different channels because oh. there is this ease of oh. forwarding, things spread. Uh, the, there's a whole conversation that, somebody like you might want to have about whether this is a good or a bad thing, does it create echo chambers, you know, all these kinds of things. But it does, you know, it's, it's, it's the same dynamic that used to exist in all human societies where information spreads through people sharing it, deciding to tell something about something. But here mm-hmm. is just this ease of technological, uh, technologically uh, advanced communication. That well, kind of supercharges that, this
1: dynamic. That, uh, I mean, isn't doesn't a certain amount of that happen on like Twitter? I mean, if if if, if there's a subject that becomes prominent among the kinds of people I talked to on Twitter, it will come to my attention if I'm on Twitter. And uh, you know, through retweeting uh mainly or discussing it and the discussion being whatever, it's not through forwarding. Um, but so so it is. It's a different dynamic, but doesn't it uh, have to some extent the same outcome?
0: Uh, I mean, sure, but I think the difference in the dynamic is important uh, because it's not that you see it in some feed that is just filled with all kinds of different stuff. Wow. Some of it is retweeted, some of it. This is s- somebody you know forwarded this thing to you specifically. So it's just a different, you know, I I haven't thought out the consequences like all right, of these differences, right, right. but it is a different thing.
1: Okay. Okay. So so the individual communications are much more targeted than on Twitter, but uh the efficiency is so great that you still wind up becoming aware of a of, of a bunch of stuff that on Twitter you become aware of through something that's a little closer to broadcasting uh than yeah. than Private communication, okay.
0: Yeah, and I guess, I mean, it only can work, like the reason that this is working so well for Telegram is because it's very prevalent. Again, this is a messenger first, and people just have it so that they can talk to their friends and their relatives and whatnot. Sure. Um, and then this broadcasting thing is inserted into it, which Substack doesn't have yet, but I think Substack can get to the similar place from a different direction. So it doesn't have this huge user base in terms of people who are just using it for personal communication, but it has these writers. And if you want to follow these writers, you go to Substack. And if you, so Substack has a chat, works differently. I think it would work better if it became something more similar to Telegram or really just any messenger app. So what I want to see is just an endless stream of messages, a group chat, the way you have them on, you know, WhatsApp and whatever, iMessage, I think. Um, And then, you know, you're entering this dynamic from a different direction. So it's, you know, receiving content first, but then you introduce this exchange of messages, DMs and whatnot, forwarding, easy forwarding, sharing uh, stuff Mm -hmm. with specific people you want to share it. And then you'll end up with these group chats. Uh, you, you'll end up with private conversations that you are having on Substack. Uh, you know there are like a lot of people I know would not have been using Facebook or the Russian analog VK, short for Vkontakte, if not for like two people who are still fucking there. Right? You don't want to use this service. But there are a couple of people with whom this is your channel of communication, so you kind of stay. This is a way to kind of keep people on your platform apart from other things. If you start talking with somebody on the Substack app, then this is where you're talking to them. And then this number of people uh, with whom you choose to communicate over uh, on Substack can grow and it can become this like web of different conversa- ongoing conversations that you're having on this platform. Uh-huh.
1: So give me an example. Suppose I'm on Substack Notes. In your ideal world, you know, after Substack has put Nikita in charge of interface design, mm-hmm. give me an example of something I want to do. Uh, I, I might want to do once I realize I can do it, that I can't do now uh, that I would be able to do, okay? just as like a notes user i'm on i'm on notes uh, what's the thing you you would like me to be able to do so
0: if we're staying in the topic that we were talking about just now the first thing is a very easy way to share any kind of substack content in any other sort of substack channel meaning a newsletter I can restack this as you can You can do this already. You read the a newsletter, you click on a button, it becomes a note of yours. You reposted this newsletter, this post in a newsletter on Substack Notes. I want like every combination to be possible. I can share some note as a newsletter post of mine. I can share somebody's newsletter post as a newsletter post of mine or as a note or forward it to a specific person or forward it to a group chat that I have. Uh, DMs are not a part of this yet, though I think they want to uh, develop this. I don't know what their plans for chat is. Uh, My view is the interface needs to be rethought. As I said, I don't think this, you know, each message that you post as the owner of the chat becomes a thread, like this is a thread starter, and all the comments to that become comments to that specific thread so it's another click to go mm-hmm. there and right now if you reply to a comment a specific comment and that's another thread which I think creates a mess so in the in the post that um, you alluded to in the beginning of the conversation I have a screenshot from Bill Bishop's chat the entire thread is 14 comments but like five of them are responses to a different comment and so now to read 14 comments, which would be very easy if they were just on the same screen. I just scroll through. It's a couple of screens. Instead, now I need to do like 10 extra clicks. I need to click on each thread that is a response to somebody's comment. Then after seeing that, I need to go back. Then I need to click on another one. So to read 14 comments, I need to do 10 clicks. I think that's You're very ahead. messy. Um And it's a different kind of conversation. So if you have this, just, you know, imagine again, WhatsApp or whatever, if you have this like stream of messages without an end, without a structure, um, then it's a lower barrier to entry. Like if you join somebody's chat, you just seen people are posting things. You might post as well. Uh If in order to post a thing, you need to either respond to a specific thing that's already there or you start your own thread, but it's like, hey, why don't we have a conversation about what I've got to say? Then, you know, you're turning the attention of people towards you and they might pay attention or might get annoyed. It's a different social dynamic. If it's just like an ongoing conversation with many people involved and you just Chip in, you know, you 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 make, a, a, you know, what, write a one-liner, uh, that it, that it's easier to become a participant of such a conversation. Mm-hmm. It's a different social dynamic that I think would be great to have on Substack. And also, the other option, the way chat works now, is kind of how notes are already. So the difference between the two features are not, the difference is not obvious. And I've seen a lot of comments on notes to that extent, like somebody joined, like, so how do I decide whether I should start a thread on chat or write a note? Really? Uh, it's not clear. And subtext responses, chat is for subscribers, notes is a more sh- more of a shared conversation. Mm-hmm. I forget if we already mentioned this in, in in this chat, but I don't think that makes sense because if that is the difference, then that should be the difference. A note for subscribers only, or a note for public conversation. That's a visibility setting on notes. That's not a different feature. That's not a different kind of a conversation. It's yeah. if, if if that's the difference, then let me choose to make that difference to a specific note, or even you know create two different note channels, sort of like I have notes that go just to subscribers. I have notes that just they go to everybody, but like structurally, it's the same thing. So it sure. shouldn't be a whole different feature with slightly different interface. That's just confusing to me.
1: So you want a very fluid experience where you can kind of flow into a lot of different things relatively easily, mm-hmm. it sounds like. And, and you know, mm-hmm. I should say, I think, um, you know, I'm less hung up on that. And it's partly a generational thing. You know, it's like, I'm still having trouble wrapping around uh, my mind around the fact that, like, uh, this isn't a physical object where I open the pages and look at the people's <laughs> comments, you know. But but it but it's also uh, it's also the fact that you are. Look, I know I know a number of people your age. You are particularly facile, like, technologically. I've had a lot of experience with you talking things through. And and you managing to pay attention to everything uh, I'm doing while also like I don't know writing software whatever the hell it is you're doing on the keyboard <laughs> while you're managing those <laughs> to stay in conversation. Uh, so you know different things you know for different people. I, I don't I you know it also uh, well it's a lot of things. It's also we all we we all use our newsletters in different ways. I'm a little more old sure. school. It, it for me, is more of a publishing experience than a communication experience. Although, you know, I look at comments and I engage sometimes, but but it's still... Some is generational. Some is just different cognitive styles. I don't think I... If I'd been born the year you were born, I still wouldn't be as facile as you are with, with <laughs> uh, you know, interfaces and stuff. But... Um, well, well, the what? broader point, I, I guess, is
0: there are a bunch of things on Substack. It should be intuitively clear when I use which function and mm-hmm. how they all work together. That's the broad you know, that's the broad point. Then you can like develop that further into a bunch of different ways to go about it. But uh-huh. I should I shouldn't ask people in notes, wait, so how are notes different from chat? How do I do this? It, it all should be very intuitive.
1: Of course most people who go to notes have no experience with chat, right? I mean Sure. I mean, that's the hope. Is that a bunch of people will show up at notes, and that's going to draw them into the Substack ecosystem? Uh, that's one of the big hopes, and and so that may not, you know, be a question that that occurs to everyone. I mean, I will say, in terms of the overlap of our obsessions, I think the other thing you talked about, where you can create as many tabs as you want. And, and, and go through a checklist and, and prescribe the characteristics of a given tab. I think that's genius level stuff and subsection really pay attention to because that's a real differentiator. I mean, I haven't been on Facebook in years, but I don't think Facebook offers you anything like that. I know Twitter doesn't. Now Twitter does have lists, I will say. I just realized while you and I were talking that, you know, when people on, on Twitter say they used to say it more. Uh, because it was a little un- less clear what you could do. When, when they say, what if I just want to follow people I want to follow? Actually, you could always just start a list and do that, I I, I suppose, um, on Twitter. So there, there is a certain degree of customization on Twitter. Of course, the fact is that on Twitter, you can also just just use the following tab, which I assume sure. works as advertised. But um, but I, I think that's really, and and I think one of the big selling points is, on this social media platform, you control your experience. There isn't any mysterious algorithm at all, period. And I know there's exactly. a temptation. I know there's a temptation if you're running this to, you know, because look, they, they can, there are ways they can use an algorithm to generate more paid subscribers for newsletters. I'm sure that's possible but I really would advise resisting the temptation and just say we're fundamentally different. I think that's the way you get a a big influx of people and turn this into a huge thing. It's part of the way, controlling your strength. And the thing I'm obsessed over, which is just like, make it clear how I can follow individual people and then have a vertical where that's all I see. That is a subset of this larger concern about control of your experience. And I agree. Uh, and I
0: think that's that's perfectly in line with what Substack has been saying from day first. They We're saying we are trying to develop a tool where readers and writers are in charge. We just are trying to make it easy. so that's that just follows, I think, from the premise of Substack
1: uh-huh. Now is does uh, you, Well, go ahead, go ahead. I was just gonna say. There is now an algorithm at work on Substack notes. Is that the home page? The home vertical includes algorithmically generated content.
0: My understanding, it's not the case in the sense uh, in which algorithms work. Algorithms work on other media. I don't uh, have clarity on this. I think because they've been changing it, they're trying to figure it out. and and are tweaking it, but my understanding is whatever the algorithm is, it's specific. It's not like the number of likes or comments is what influences uh, what you'll see there. It's more like it's people who you subscribe to. It's also people that are recommended by people who you subscribe to. It's also yeah. notes that have gotten a response from somebody that you subscribe to. Like it's you can write it out in a few yeah. sentences. And, and that's how it works. It's not a mysterious, you know, AI thing. It works.
1: That last one makes no sense to me. And I think, uh, you know, notes that have been uh, responded to by somebody. And I think that explains somebody who keeps showing up in, in uh, on subsect notes whom I'm really not interested in. But um, the uh, I, it should be, you know, completely transparent. And even that when you say recommended by somebody you subscribe to. That means recommended by somebody. I have two questions. That means recommended by somebody whose newsletter you subscribe to, A and B. What does recommended mean? You mean, oh, you mean their newsletter is recommended? Uh, I see. Like I recommend your newsletter. You recommend mine. So that's, that's what right. that means. That's right. Okay. Well, again, you know, I I, I understand that, 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 that Substack is, it's a company and it's, a, I think it's a good company and, and I'm happy to, you know, to benefit from it. And obviously, at the forefront of their minds is newsletter subscription. Well, at the very forefront is paid newsletter subscriptions, because if they don't have those, they have to go out of business. Uh, but but what feeds into that is newsletter subscriptions period. So they're, they're always thinking about that, and I get that. But I would uh, I I would argue for restraining the impulse to focus on that as the criteria for all kinds of things at Substack Notes, at the expense of just user experience and getting people to love the thing. And, uh, you know, uh, that's all I'll say about that. Um, so do you want to say more about your manifesto before I say a little bit about culture?
0: Um, well, I guess I should just reiterate a larger point behind all of this which actually I think is a segue to the culture conversation. Uh, So the kind of meta point that I was making in this thing is, like, here are suggestions that I have. I think we should all have suggestions that we have. I think there should be a sustained conversation between users and the owners of the platform about how it should develop. Uh, And through that, you develop culture. You, you you want this conversation about what's good about social media and what's bad about social media to be ongoing and to have a little bit of tension. Uh, you know, if Substack starts doing things that users don't like, the user should speak out and should be listened to. And there should be some kind of, uh, you know, you can institutionalize it in some way, or you may not. But... I want there to be this continuous dialogue about what we're we trying to do here, what is a good internet versus a bad internet, and how we're, you know, making adjustments so that we end up in a good version.
1: Yeah, yeah. and and I and I will say I think you know the 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 founders and the other people who stepped back have been good so far about trying to engage in a conversation about where yeah. this is headed. Yeah, um, and. Uh, so, yeah, on culture, I mean, it, it, culture is a very, you know, it's, a, it's a kind of by definition a hard thing to legislate. Uh, I, I do think you can, um, you, again, you can do things. There can, you know, I mean, famously, for example, I mean, Mastodon chose not to permit the quote tweet because it seems to be used so often for dunking on people. Like, it, 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 it's, not, it's not a way of communicating with the person you're quote tweeting it's a way of humiliating them and communicating uh with your own tribe and building up more more followers and so on. So that that's an example of something. Uh now you can quote tweet on subject. I mean I, I on notes I I I'm a I think you lose a lot when you don't have quote tweeting. But at the same time I would like to minimize the downside. I I I'm a fan of quote tweeting because it can be used for illuminating uh, purposes and, 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 and to, to help start a dialogue.
0: I like it. And I think, so yeah, there are these parallel, not parallel, intertwining conversations, kind of structure and culture. And I think it's not a given that quote tweets or quote notes, uh, have to be used for Duncan. I think this is on the writers. This is the responsibility of the users to use this in a good way. Um, I think what the platform can do is, again, this is the broad point, give control to the writers and the readers. Let me uh, be in charge of the space that I'm creating and let the reader be in charge of what gets into their feed. Uh, On that, another thing that I advocated in this post is basically using a part of the interface for chat duplicating it in in notes which is i want a tab that shows me a list of people i subscribe to mm-hmm. and make it easy for me to read a specific person so i i don't need to like find somewhere in the notes or go to my profile and see people i'm following and click on the name there for the feed of notes of that person to show up i want this menu to be Uh, up front. So I go to notes and like the tab on the left is a list of people I subscribe to. And I can click on a specific person and read their thing. This gives me the reader more control. It also, I think just makes sense because unlike Twitter notes doesn't have a character limit. And so the feed becomes way more eclectic and we'll see how it develops over time but I expect some people to kind of specialize in one-liners, some people in posting images, and some people in writing, you know, a thousand characters every day. Mm-hmm. And if, I, if that's the feed that I have, it's all of these things mixed together, it's a weird feeling. It's a, you know, what kind of a mode am I in when mm-hmm. I go there? Am I expecting to see a lot of very short stuff? Am I expecting to see... Longer texts I, and if I'm expecting a mixture uh, you know that to me is uh confusing it kind of pulls me in different directions um, There was something else on this topic I wanted to say, but I'm now forgetting it
1: well may uh, let me talk a little about culture, and maybe you'll it'll it'll come to you um sure just that you know in, in my ideal world one 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 kind of difference. Of attitude, something that would, that would distinguish this from kind of typical Twitter attitude is when you post something, you know, when you write something, you always kind of have an audience in mind, whether you're thinking about it or not. And this is one of the great challenges of writing is figuring out, well, who, who is the audience? Obviously, it's going to be an oversimplification unless you're writing to one person. Uh, You know, you have to have this kind of aggregate, you know, uh, theoretical construct in mind. Um, And of course, a lot of bad writing uh, comes from just not doing a good job of this exercise, like not understanding who your audience is, what they do and don't know and so on. But uh, I digress. I think there's, you know, if you pay attention, like you're on Twitter or something, I think you'll notice that yeah, okay, here's the audience I have in mind. And and way too often, I think the audience you have in mind with Twitter is the people who already agree with you, right? And I think that's partly because Twitter incentivizes that. Uh, Now, I I mean, uh, you know, because if you you immediately get a bunch of likes, I mean, who are you going to get a bunch of likes from? Immediately, you're going to get a bunch of likes from people who don't even have to really process what you're saying. They get the vibe. They also hate Donald Trump or they also hate Joe Biden. That's all they need. They like, they may take a closer look and retweet. And, and to some extent, that's intrinsic in a platform that has likes and retweets, right? I mean, uh, well, actually, no, it's intrinsic. Remember, at one point in Twitter, if I recall correctly, likes gave you no amplification of visibility. It was just retweets. Mm-hmm. You know, liking something was almost a way of signaling to the person that you liked it. Uh, It was almost private communication because it didn't amplify the thing algorithmically. Uh, There was retweeting. And even in that system, obviously there's some tribalizing tendencies, right? What I've I've just described, like let me preach to the choir, preach to the converted, that's going to work in an environment where there's just retweeting. On the other hand, it's going to work even more if they start using likes for algorithmic amplification, so this is an example of something where where the structure of the social media site can influence um, the the mindset. But you're you're never so long as there is sharing, which there has to be on a social media platform, whether you call it a retweet or a restack or it's or it's something else where you forward it to three people. Um, you know, there's going to be a kind of a temptation to to preach to the converted. And, and in my ideal world, we would all resist that temptation. But this is also why I, I say, maybe we shouldn't know how many followers we have. Because that's another thing that encourages you to uh, do inflammatory tribal stuff. That's the way you get your follower count up. I mean, even if you do this careful thing that is aimed at uh, convincing people in the other tribe uh. Best case is they go, hey, you know, maybe this guy's got a, point and he's not a total asshole. It's, they're probably not going to follow you. So, so long as follower is a big target, of your follower account is a big target, I think that's probably going to be a bad thing. But, you know, there's, so there's things you can do. Anyway, in my ideal world, we all, we, we think, we don't think, okay, I just want to impress the people I already agree with, or, or give them new rhetorical ammunition that they can use. In in uh you know in in further amplifying our talking points. In my ideal world, you you imagine in your head there are some people who who may not agree with you, but if you don't sound like an asshole, they'll give you a respectful hearing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to some extent, if that if that is ever to become prevalent as as, as a mindset, it has to be kind of a cultural thing that is. Reinforced normatively, right? Like, and and, the, and that includes both positive and negative reinforcement. It includes saying, you know, I really respect this person. Just saying it to other people, you know, I respect this person. Saying it where they can hear it, because that's positive reinforcement. Like, this is a very impressive, uh, you know, note. Like, they uh, it's, it's not tribal. They're making good points. They're doing it civilly. So you give them positive reinforcement. There's also negative reinforcement. I mean. That has a place in any culture where you shower uh, disdain on, you know, stigma. I I think stigma is mainly misused to inhibit legitimate speech, or largely misused. Like if you say, "I think maybe expanding NATO wasn't a great idea," and somebody calls you a Putin apologist, that's that's misusing stigma stigma to inhibit. And there are examples on the on the other side of the argument as well. Uh, There's always stigma can be used, you know, from from either side of any argument, but that's a misuse of stigma. But, you know, it's like, you know, that guy's an asshole because he stole my money. No, that's a good use of stigma. That guy's a thief. A thief is a bad thing. That's a good use of stigma. And, um, and I also think it would be good if, uh, you know, you, it's tricky. It's tricky to get in the game of denunciation, but if sometimes you signal disapproval, from just a of a, a a cheap tribal note. I mean, I was thinking like, could it be that on, on on some stack notes, um a form of derogating someone becomes saying that's Twitter like behavior? Like, right. you know, like, I can see that. I, mean, I can see and that. That's a form that's a form of tribalism I can get behind. Is it is like you say, it's not something I'd see on Twitter. Come on. Well, let's have an honest conversation here. I mean, uh, you know. Acknowledge the strong points that are being made by the other team and, uh, you know, and and argue forthrightly. So I would like to turn I would like to turn, uh, you know, use various forms of the word Twitter uh, as a way to <laughs> stigmatize people. Uh, I think I've seen that a little bit. in the well, let's, pilot. let's make it happen. Let's make it happen. Yeah. This is Twitter like.
0: Okay, so I have a few responses to this. So one is the thing I've already mentioned. Uh, if there is a way for me to navigate through specific things that I subscribe, specific like channels of nodes that I subscribe to, um, and the owner of that channel has capacity to ban people, delete comments, uh, etc., I think that could be a good thing in the realm of what you're talking about, which is, again, like, I want to have control and I want to be able to enforce my rules for conducting ourselves within my little channel, right? So you might start subscribing to those where a good conversation is happening, not subscribe to others. Obviously, there are, you know, there's going to be the opposite as well, but at least I want to be able to preserve my little garden that's one thing and then kind of a, an opposite of that uh so in thinking about how culture develops um i think one way is through public conversation uh between people with audiences that know what a good conversation is so if i'm and twitter is bad at this partly because of the character limit partly because of the way a conversation is structured like it's not threaded and it's, you know it's difficult to navigate but like i've never seen a really good substantive discussion on substack that is not also has does doesn't also have this mess of comments attached to it uh-huh. on substack because there's no character limit and the interface is cleaner and easier to navigate you can have that And then it is on the users, on the writers, and the commenters to model what a good conversation is. So you can engage with somebody you disagree on about whatever NATO expansion, and you do it civilly. And, you know, you'll like comments from uh, other people who chime in that are in the spirit of a good conversation, and you ignore those that are not. And through that, you encourage a certain way of speaking. Right. Uh, that I think can be a good thing. And then so, the third thing I would just wanted to quickly mention yeah. is like a lot of how a certain social network works is determined to some extent by the way it's set up. That's not all. There's also just things that emerge naturally through how people that are there early do this or people who come later do this just just through a, a natural kind of um, exchange and my example for this is so the russian uh, social network vk which is short for which is which means in contact at first that was a complete clone of facebook just Just completely stole the thing and 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 did uh, with slight adjustment a version of it on on the Russian internet. But even then, Facebook and Vkontakte had different audiences and different ways of speaking emerged. Facebook had more like Western-oriented people because it is a Western, you know, product and the interface was in English at first and so forth. Vkontakte early on, uh, their first kind of influx of people were students. Uh, So you would have, like, groups for your, you know, you go to university, your class is there, and and that's how you build a network there. Over time, it changed. It's not like Facebook. It's not exactly like Facebook anymore. And the audiences further diverted. But early on, it was the same thing, just with different audiences. And they were talking to each other differently. Uh And every social network has... It's own, you know, you you you. you think of Twitter, you, you know how people talk on Twitter. You think of Facebook, you know, that's slightly different there. And some of it is just because it kind of happened that way. Like the people who went there early on talk to each other this way. Uh, and so now with Substack, with, with Notes, we're in the early stages and... What culture we establish early on is going to have a major influence of how this culture is going to look uh, down the road. So I think a lot of it is on the users to behave basically.
1: Yeah, Um, you know, thought that I mean, a couple of thoughts. One, just quickly, as it just occurred to me? You know, yeah, a thing I've been wondering the subject forever. And a lot of people have is like uh, well, well. One version of this is the kind of a group subscription model, where you know maybe me and five newsletter publishers who have something in common in terms of culture or ethos or something, uh, maybe ideology, um, get together and they offer a, a, a subscription that is costs less than it would to subscribe to newsletters independently. that? But but um, it just, it they just it. do they have that now? I think so. Um, you you okay. can issue a
0: discount for a group subscription.
1: Okay, I didn't realize that. But, but what I was just thinking and and uh, listening to you was, uh, I wonder if groups of uh, people, maybe groups of newsletter publishers at first, uh you know, could form communities uh, of discussion collectively. You know, with certain uh, kind of rules that are explicit or implicit. But but anyway, that aside, let me. Make sure one thing you're I guess you're saying that I now realize is that the ability of a newsletter publisher to kind of control their comment section mm-hmm. is something you would like to import to some extent to notes like if you mm-hmm. if you start a conversation, you should have more control over it than you have on say Twitter now on twitter uh, you know if you view. The replies to your tweet as the conversation space. You can block individual people. Um, I I don't know how easy it is to do any of that retroactively, though. I don't know. I don't think you can't like delete uh, comments from from somebody uh, just because you don't uh, because they use profanity or whatever you don't like. Um, The uh, so anyway, I now see why. Some of the things you're saying, you know, a lot of things you're saying would be challenging to the people at Substack. And one of them is this whole question of, well, how much, you know, this is kind of a radical idea. If 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 the, if you can create this space on a social media platform that you have godlike control over, right? It, it, it's that would be kind of a a new thing for most of us, at least for the platforms where where you know, if you if what you're familiar with is like Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, whatever, that that would be kind of a new thing, right? I guess so, yeah. But it's an interesting idea. Um, I mean, well, go ahead.
0: So this is a separate thing I wanted to bring up, which is more of a question to you. So Twitter, in my understanding, has a kind of uh, an outsized influence on the culture as compared to its user base. And my understanding is this is because there are a lot of journalists there and other I
1: mean, I mean high powered academics, entrepreneurs, celebrities, and, and entertainment yeah. people. Yeah. It's 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 the elite, you know, Facebook is grassroots, Twitter is elite. And that's one reason, by the way, people say, well, Twitter doesn't bring me that much traffic. Well, that doesn't mean it's not helping you, because there may be some word of mouth among elites uh that is helping you in ways you don't understand. But go ahead. So that is
0: partly just to underline the kind of audience you have, a kind of user base you have. Makes a difference. Uh-huh. Uh, but the other thing is, I wonder what is different about Substack in its user base. And I think there is something. So, Substack, you know, people, there are a lot of journalists who left not just Twitter, but their jobs to start a newsletter at Substack to build a little business of their uh-huh. own, which they control. Uh-huh. Um, and there's something that goes with it culturally. So you're attracting kind of entrepreneurial people who want control over their email list, uh, which again, uh, not again, but uh, something should be underlined as well. And it's kind of in tension with this idea of uh, following, but not subscribing to the email. I think a big selling point of Substacks is you control the email list. So if at some point you decide that Substack is not going the direction you want it, you can just take your subscribers with you and go wherever you want. And you can even take your financial relationships with them. That's right. Export the Stripe uh, contracts and go wherever you want. If uh, you can follow on notes, but not subscribe to somebody's newsletter, how do you take those people with you? That is a, a, a difficult challenge that I I know that people at Substack are aware of and they're trying to figure it out. But I think um, we shouldn't lose this idea of, I can take my people and go somewhere else if I don't like this anymore. But back to my original point, Substack attracts certain kinds of people. One kind of such people is entrepreneurial writer, artist, whatever who want to build their own community, their own subscriber base, uh, establish ways things are done in the comment section and so forth. And that seems to me to empower this kind of ownership of the culture. Like if you have these people who, who left other places because they were not happy being edited or with the algorithm, were censored, shadow banned, etc. cetera, uh, these people will want to do their thing their way. And I think that gives a certain impotence to, that's not the word, impetus to... Um, <laughs> that's a different word. You know, yeah. To build uh, a culture that you want to build around yourself. Yeah. And then, you know, start collaborating, networking. and and all that, but it starts with the individual wanting to do their thing their way.
1: Yeah, now, so let me say a few things. First of all, on the elite point, this gets back to a huge advantage that Substack Notes has over any other kind of upstart social media platform, okay? Uh, The fact that they now have a lot of people publishing newsletters uh mm-hmm. Many of them with non-trivial followings, some of them with huge followings, means they have all these elites in a lot of spaces. Not just you know journalists; mm-hmm. they have you know they have novelists, they have artists, they have you know. It, th- that's an incredible. Patty Smith,
0: Smith, of all people.
1: Patty Smith,
0: of all people. Patty
1: Smith has as a newsletter. Yeah, yeah. It's she like does... you know. It's like Seymour Hersh. You know, Patty Smith. Oh no, I saw Mark Cuban on Substack Notes this morning. Uh, you know, the owner of the. Uh, the oh, uh, I was wearing my. Uh, I had a Mavericks thing on earlier. Anyway, um, the uh, uh, you know, yeah, it's a huge, it's a huge uh, advantage. A- and again, this gets back to one point I was making. Like, okay, so apparently the bestseller column that's still on my version of. Uh, Substack notes is no longer there, okay. But I do think you, 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 know, and I'm sure the thinking about this, you want to make uh, the following people have built up with their newsletters an asset on Substack notes, and and mm-hmm. I speak, you know, from a a, a position of someone who uh, I never had a blue check on on Twitter, uh, <laughs> okay. and I, uh, you know. Uh, don't get me started on that particular, you know, or da, don't, don't, don't leave. I don't want to get into grievance territory, but um, I never, I mean, I didn't try that. I, I tried way too late. I tried once. It didn't, apparently, I don't meet their criteria. But um, the, uh, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, there, there should, it's in Subsex interest to have a version of that that rewards people that do what Subsex has to reward people for doing, which is have newsletters. Including, including ideally paid newsletters. That's the business they're in, and and they have to, uh, you know. So okay, the the bestsellers. I think that column is a great idea, uh, personally. Th- th- maybe don't call it bestseller, or call it some something. But 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 the idea that they're replacing the blue check binary hierarchy with a more finely graded hierarchy that rewards people who build up big followings on subspect, and maybe it should include unpaid. Uh, subscription numbers, whatever. I think that's something that's good and that they shouldn't lose. But in any event, the point I want to make is one reason I think this conversations we're having is subtech notes has huge potential, and a primary reason is that they've got this base of elites, which I don't mean I don't mean in like a snobby sense. I mean it the way socio- sociologists use the term elites It's just a it's just a dev- demographic designation of people who are in certain have certain levels of uh, accomplishment, certain job descriptions, and so on. But um, influence, yeah. Yeah. And uh so there's there's that. Um the uh oh the um the, the thing about being able to take with you the followers you built up on a social media platform to other social media platforms, uh there's a reason social media platforms don't do that. Um sure, it's, sure. it's not crazy. You know, the way Instagram got started was Twitter used to allow, their API used to allow you to just go there and say, well, show me who all of Bob Wright's followers are. Oh, we'll just move those <laughs> over to Instagram. Now Bob can move over to Instagram and have this huge following. Well, no social media platform in their right mind can permit that. I mean, in a better world, they might be able to, but obviously, if, if you are, uh, you know, if you are uh, a company, you know, your you stockholders, if it's publicly held or whatever, uh, you know, uh, it's not in the company's interest to permit that. So that, that's kind of a big ask. Um, and, and I think Substack should be applauded for making it so easy for newsletter publishers. As you said, you can take both your subscriber base and your uh, your financial relationships to another platform. Now, that, that reminds me of like One thing Substack Notes, I think, is going to accomplish if it succeeds, and I think the Substack app has accomplished some of this, is like if you ask, well, why shouldn't I just go to some other platform other than Substack? For a while, I don't think there were a lot of really powerful answers to that, but there are increasingly, and one of them is Notes. Is like we have Notes. The Upstart newsletter company does it. We have an app. You know, I'm starting to get non-trivial traffic from my Substack app. And and uh, mm-hmm. to my newsletter, and so uh, you know that's that's what they're building here. It's it's smart, and uh, and I hope it works. The, the last one, last thing I want to say that just your what you were saying kind of triggered, and in a way, it's just reinforcing. Uh, it, in a way, it gets back to my original point about. Uh, about followers, making it easy to follow people. Substack's original instinct was, you know, it, instead of it saying, Do you want to follow this person? It will say, Do you want to subscribe to their newsletter? It's fine. It can say that if you want. But you got to understand, not that many people, there's a limit on how many newsletters, even if they're free, anybody wants to uh, subscribe totally. to. Uh, I, I understand the impulse, uh, but the reason. I think following the following option makes sense which I think now exists and didn't it now kind of exists and didn't exist I'm not clear but uh, I think they had to be persuaded to make it exist even to the extent that it exists um and now I just want to say this is again is part of a, a much larger thing which once I started thinking of this as as a very fluid place the way you want it to be I, I just think one way to put it is sure that the kind of positive reinforcement Substack would most like from this is people immediately subscribe to a bunch of newsletters. But I, I think maybe in the long run, the better way to think of it is just it's a place where people discover people they like to communicate with and they like to hear from. And and many of those people have newsletters. So, so don't worry, this is going to lead to a lot of subscriptions, but also. A lot of people who come here just as, just and don't have newsletters, they're going to mm-hmm. start building up followings, and they're going to start newsletters. And, mm-hmm. and, and I think they should, they should think of it as just a way people, discovering people, they have things in common with, people whose content in one sense or another they respect. And I think the rest will magically happen in a certain sense I mean obviously you have to structure it with the ultimate long term goal in mind of increasing newsletter subscription but but uh I just think you know focus on user experience it's like be the opposite of Microsoft okay it's like <laughs> it's like what is the purpose of Microsoft Win- uh, Windows eleven so far as I can tell it's worse in every respect than Windows 10 as a user interface I mean I exaggerate but what is the point? Well, apparently the point is that now every time I start my computer, they shove some shit in my face to, to I, no, no, Xbox. I've said no to Xbox every day for the last fucking year, okay? It's not going to happen. Stop it. And, and uh, you know, that's Microsoft's way of thinking. They don't think about user experience at all, so far as I can tell. I'm exaggerating again. But, like, just be a great place to be. And yes, set up the channels that steer people toward becoming uh, sub- sub-stack publishers, uh, and uh, the rest will magically happen. Uh, and, you know, and do whatever you can to, I mean, honestly, look, the world needs saving. I mean, uh, you know, my old apocalyptic <laughs> rant, but the world needs saving. And, uh, by the way, I'm watching uh, The Sacrifice by uh Soviet director Tarkovsky, you know when he who did. Uh, oh yeah, daughter.
0: yeah. I haven't seen it, but yeah.
1: Oh, definitely about the apocalypse. Um, the uh, but you know, one a lot of just big problems is the whole the the you know the psychology of tribalism, and I think you know whenever it's possible, it'll also be good for the platform. You know, people ultimately don't like the experience of being in the middle of the kind of tribal conflict that they are fueling even as they don't like it, you know? Um, Yeah. So that's my read. Yeah, I agree. I agree.
0: Um, There was something I wanted to say. Uh... Shit, I should have been writing thoughts down. Oh, so on the follow versus subscribe... And on the evolution of notes, which we will witness, what I expect to happen is a lot of different genres of notes will emerge. And some of them are going to be, something you said, there will be people who just write on notes who don't have a newsletter. And what they're doing on notes is great. And you just want to get that. Mm -hmm. Um, And if... Uh, this like visibility setting is introduced so I can, uh, you know, write notes just for subscribe, like followers, I suppose, Um, which could be paid followers. Then it alleviates some of the concern about this, like taking the email list and going elsewhere, because you might take the financial relationships. You might have paying subscribers on notes and you can take those away. If you choose, I think that like this check and bal checks and balances kind mm, of uh, thing is important. Um, and so, I I want to see writers who don't write newsletters, but they're incredible in this genre yeah. that they've developed for themselves over uh, at Notes. Uh, as a reader, I want these people in my feed, but I do want them to retain a lot of control and this, you know. I may leave and take people with me is kind of the ultimate point here, Uh, which, you know, the fact that they've been doing this so far is already kind of incredible and very laudable. Uh, And I'm sure there's a lot of temptation to like take a step away from that or a few steps away from it or abandon it at some point completely. Uh, but, But if they stick with it, I think it's an incredible selling point in point, and it's in line with this whole ideology where Putin, the writers, and the readers in charge, and it's human centric as opposed to algorithmic centric. Um, I think as much as they can retain that ethos, uh, that would be for the betterment of the platform and society, you know, if you want to go global.
1: Yeah, I mean, one thought, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, you're kind of saying uh, one thing you. Kind of sad, I guess. But I mean, when you think about it, so so the idea of monetizing your notes as opposed to monetizing your newsletter, right? Is one thing you're throwing out. Then and of course, if you think about it, how clear is the line between a note and a newsletter? I I mean, you mm-hmm. know, it's like because obviously if you start doing this thing of well, I subscribe to their notes feed but and some of it's behind a paywall. The next step is click a button if you want these emailed to you. And then it's like, what that's is the right. difference? That's um, right.
0: Well, the difference is just how crowded you want your inbox to be. I think that's the main thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I will subscribe to more.
0: way more people on notes you know than to uh, newsletters because at some point it just becomes untenable. I use my email for other purposes as well. And I don't want it to be too crowded. Yeah. And on notes, I go to a specific place where this kind of contact is what I'm getting.
1: Yeah, it's weird. I wrote a piece for Slate eons ago recommending that Twitter do this thing where it was back when they were going to expand the character count. Anyway, the idea was, no, you leave it at 140 characters. But then you can click for one, for elaboration, and and it drops down and there's, there's more, and then if you want to make it even longer, you click again, but at that point, you go to, like, another space that's more like, I didn't mention medium, but it would have been, like, medium. Mm-hmm. And then I said, like, you can monetize that, but what I had in mind was, was ads. But, but the point I'm getting to was that, uh, you know, Twitter, the reason Substack is thriving is because, uh, you know, Twitter failed to do the obvious thing, which is to realize, wait a second, we have a ton of aspiring writers using our platform. Is there a way to harness this and help them monetize it? And they never did it. And 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 Elon Musk, in fact, killed uh, the Substack rival that they had bought, Review, and the newsletter, where the first thing he did. And now I think, I'm happy to say, I think it's it's almost getting to be too late because, because of things like the Substack app, Substack Notes, these are reason. These are competitive advantages uh, Substack is going to have against any upstart, which I think is, uh, you know, I applaud uh, partly because I'm on the Substack platform. But um, anyway, the uh, um, anything else you want to say? You know, I already said that. Um,
0: I, I suppose I'll throw in one more thing, just to kind of reiterate my point that a lot of this culture, you know how we behave, is really on us. It's not, it's not on Substack to make people talk properly and civilly. They can build structures that would incentivize this or make it easier for it for you to establish the norms you want. Wow! But a lot of it on is on us. Uh, and and uh, the the one of the reasons this is on my mind is. There's this guy who died recently in Russia, who was uh, he's like a writer and who was a noticeable figure in the kind of early internet in Russia. And I saw a conversation about him and uh, somebody said, you know, like him or not, he was a major influence in this like, budding internet movement early on. And then somebody else said, yes. And it was a bad thing because the Russian internet, like on the same platforms, Russians are less civil than English speakers. It's more toxic in the Russian uh, speaking internet part of the internet. And part of the reason for that, I think, is because these early people who were there, uh, you know, when not a lot of people were on the internet, they got into this, it was like a, a, you were supposed to be edgy. You were supposed to be cynical. You it were hurt. supposed to shit talk, like banter was was a thing. It was a kind of a saying, uh, let me see if I can just lay it quickly. Something like, this is the internet, baby. You can get told to fuck off. Like, just expect this. At and home. don't be too sensitive. This is how we are all." And at the time, like, I remember I was a kid. But I remember that was a certain appeal to that. Like, yeah, we can, this is free. This is, I can say whatever I want. And if I want to say fuck off, I'm going to say that. Yeah. Uh, And don't be, you know, a snowflake. And uh, this is, this is a different kind of space. Looking back, that was not a good thing. People did not learn to talk to each other civilly. Uh, This embrace of, uh a cynical, shit-talking kind of attitude did not lead the Russian internet or Russia more broadly to any any good place. And it is important how just we behave ourselves. And uh, if you're successful, if you develop a way of, you know, both being civil and getting respect of your audience... Right. the other audience through that. Like, this is public debate, right? You, you should develop your skills to be compelling without being, you know, a Donald Trump. Huh. Uh, and that can be done. Yeah. And, and uh, it's a challenge and it's a fun game as well. Uh, and so if we, more people start playing that game and develop these skills, uh, we'll be in a better place some years down the road.
1: Yeah, I agree. And uh and and it isn't I think to some extent, I mean, to some extent you're appealing, you know, to people's, you know, uh to their better nature. Uh people, most people would say they want to make the world a better place. I think this is one way to do it. Um doesn't mean you can't fiercely advocate for your position. If anything, I think it means you can in some cases more effectively advocate for it. And and uh-huh. that's the other thing I'd appeal to. Is just as a as a matter of uh helping your cause often, uh, it's uh toning it down a little can help. And and you know, as you know, I'm like obsessive about uh cognitive empathy. I'm writing a book about it, by which I don't mean share, you know, feeling people's pain. That's emotional empathy. I just mean trying to understand what's going on in the minds of the people you're dealing with, whether they're enemies, adversaries, allies, frenemies, whatever. And whether they're these people, you don't know but are reading your stuff on social media and you have to kind of half imagine them. And one thing, one one problem that happens when you're just thinking of your own tribe, like you're, you know, I'm going to use some, you know, I'm preaching choir is you don't even realize, I think, sometimes how that can lead to misunderstanding. It it isn't just that the the people on the other tribe don't like what you're saying. They don't even understand it. And and they may mistake it. And a good example is, Sarcasm. And look, I grew up on sarcasm. I love, I love it, I do it. But it's one of the things that translates least well across cultural and tribal and so on lines. And so if you're speaking to you know an audience that for all you know is international and trans ideological and everything else, if nothing else, just don't assume. That all the, that that sarcasm will not be taken literally uh, or, or that the inside jokes that seem obvious to you will be will be gotten. And, and there's a place for all of this. And, and there are harmless forms of sarcasm there. It's just a joke everybody can laugh at. And and uh, and I don't want to sound too much like uh, somebody my age. So, I so I'll stop. <laughs> but um There is, I think, on
0: Substack, again, if they develop this kind of ecosystem that they have in place, the pieces of which they have in place further, and you do have a lot of control over these different channels and corners that you have, you have your chat, maybe you have multiple chats, Uh, you have subscriber-only notes and newsletter posts, and you have those that are uh, available to the public, just like in normal life, you'll have different norms for these different places. Like when I'm talking, when it's just me and my wife in the evening, we talk shit more than if it's us two plus 10 people, some of which we don't really know. Uh, And if you have these like different kind of thresholds, you know, for different kinds of conversations, this is just subscriber only. This is just the 10 people, you know, other writers that I collaborate with, you know, you have different ways of uh, behaving in these different environments, Mm -hmm. and if uh, the writer is empowered by these tools to easily create, delineate between these different um, conversations and the way for them to empower one another, you know, you have your broad audience, you convert some of them into your paid subscribers. Mm-hmm. some of those become the inner circle. You just have this group chat for 10 people who are really on the same page. Um, then you might be able to enjoy both. You get your sar- sarcasm mm-hmm. for the smaller circle. You get your, uh, you know, developing your skills as a public orator in a different place.
1: Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, the... Uh... So, and I think the other thing we both agree on is that everyone should subscribe to both the Psychopolitical newsletter and the non <laughs> newsletter. So that's a reasonable note to close on. But I do want to say one other thing. Um, the, uh, just, uh, I know I've said this five times. I want to say it in a slightly different way. Okay, we're going to end this conversation. At some point today, I'll be at my computer and I'll be deciding where to go. And I can go to Twitter. I can go to Subsec Notes, and if Subsec Notes has the option I'm advocating uh, to the point of being tiresome about it, uh, <laughs> where I can just choose people I, I I follow and go to that tab, I'm going to be more likely to go there. I don't mean I mean I'm going to go there to promote stuff anyway. Okay, but you want but 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 Subsec should want me to do more than that there. They should want their publishers to do more than that there, and. I would say I'm even more likely to go there if they implement something which will take longer, which is a version of what you're uh, suggesting, which is a little you can create these tabs and you have a little menu of options. They're not, yeah, you know, not totally on like Twitter lists in the sense that you can have multiple lists, but those are one dimensional. You, you, you know, you as each one is just a list of people you follow. You're, you're, you're talking about something more nuanced, um, and and I and I really think. They just should imagine a lot of people making this decision. Where, where, which platform am I, yeah. gonna, and where I feel like going to? And uh, I'm going to go to the platform where I think I'm going to find a lot of interesting content. And the more people control you give people over their environment on that platform, the more that's going to be the case. All right. Agreed. Uh, so anyway, I you know I think we both uh, wish them well, and that's the reason I want to have this conversation. And and also, uh, we should remind people that your post on Substack Notes is called. Well, if they go to your your feed, Psychopolitica, um,
0: Psychopolitica.substack.com. It's yeah, it's a newsletter post that I restacked on notes, uh, and it's called "Towards a Substack Civil
1: Society." Right. By the way, the final question: uh, They don't have handles, right? So, like, I can't name check you. In a way that like note will come to your attention, or can I?
0: They do on the web, and it's going to come to the app a little later. Well, what, is,
1: what is my handle? Is it the name of my newsletter or what? What is it? What is my my? What would you write to, to make I sure think I think it's the note? your
0: name? I think it's your name. This okay. is also something that they need to figure out. Like right now, I think the relationship between these different entities, the author the newsletters that the author contributes to. I think that's a little confusing, but I'm sure that's going to be ironed out. But I think right now the handle is, like, if you want to tag me, you start typing my name as opposed to my newsletter.
1: Okay. Well, there's a lot on their agenda and they're, uh, you know, not a huge company. They got, uh, they're they're leaning mean, so it's going to take a while. uh, But I I think they're, you know, acting in good faith and they're paying attention to feedback. And And I think they're doing a great job.
0: Yeah. Uh, You know, they're not... Totally there yet, but they're moving in the right direction and uh, uh, at a good pace. Yeah.
1: All right. Well, good luck with everything, and uh, we will we'll see you down the road. Yeah. Talk to you soon.